everyone. Um, welcome back. Uh, I know in the last episode I had my sister on here and uh, you guys were able to get her take on some of what I went through because uh, it obviously affected the family as well. Uh, like I told you earlier that just because you are in a abusive relationship, uh, narcissistic type sociopath relationship. You're not the only victim. It does, but you know what? Roll that back. I'm not going to say that you're a victim. You were victimized. But your family, you know, your intimate family is also a part of that. And they also get played too. So, you know, I just wanted you educate you guys on that and get you informed and have you guys realize just the depths that this can take and the toll it can take on everyone else. You know, um, I really carried a lot of guilt for a long time for bringing this toxic individual into my family unit, my very close-knit family unit. Like I said, had I been educated on what a narcissist or a sociopath was, I would have noticed the red flags and I would have been more cautious and I would have been more selective. You know, lesson learned, obviously, but if I can help anyone out there that can prevent this from happening to their family and themselves and them wasting their time, I that will just make everything worth it. Everything I went through, you know, the Lord says he gives you um, beauty for ashes. So it would just make me happy to help somebody else and prevent them from making the mistakes that I have and wasting the time that I have. Now, getting back to my situation and my marriage, it was obviously highly toxic and it's just so hard because it's so hard to conceive that someone you love so much and that you put your whole trust into and gave them your heart opened your family opened everything of yourself to this individual it's really hard to conceive and wrap your head around the thought that they could do this to you you just think, how could you do this? It really makes you think of really what this cap- this person is capable of. I honestly, I trusted him. I, you know, I would give him my phone to make updates on my phone. Uh, little did I know, he wasn't just updating my phone. He was adding uh, spyware to my phone. He was... Uh, he was following me. He was tracking me. He wanted to know where I was. He basically, it was a form of stalking, according to the DA uh, detectives. He was he would track me and want to figure out where I'm at. But it, it wasn't just for, 
him to make sure that I wasn't doing anything behind his back or that I was being unfaithful. It was so that when he was out with these other women, he knew when I was going to be coming home from work or coming home from an appointment or whatever it might be. He would know my whereabouts and how close I was to the home. Now, our normal daily schedule played out like this. You know, we would both get up in the morning. We would both take care of our son, get him ready for school. He would drop him off to school because it was on his way to work or actually to work. (laughs) Am I delusional? This guy would never work. Sorry, because it was on his way to the gym. And, um, cause obviously, well, let's rewind this too. Sorry, folks. I eventually, you know, after he was messing around with girls at the gym that we went to, I was like, no, you're not going to my gym anymore. Like do your own thing. Worst decision I could have ever done because then there we are. He, he's got going to a new gym I'm not there. He's got full free reign to do whatever he wants to find more supply. Because basically these types of individuals are parasites and you're the host. And they just feed off you and feed off you. And you may be the primary host, but there's always going to be a second, a third, a fourth. You know, they just can't get enough. So they have to have that continuous supply. So he was over there at his gym meeting up with other people. Uh, He made friends with another couple that he talked me into becoming friends with. So, you know, our schedule was that, you know, he would, we both get up in the morning. We both took care of our son. We both got him ready to school. It was a team effort. Although he was going around telling people he felt like he was a single father, that I was um, strung out on Xanax and alcohol and couldn't even get out of bed in the morning, which is so funny because here I am out of bed in the morning, getting our son ready for school with you while you would berate me and demean me in front of our son and call me a whore. Uh, he'd call me a fake plastic shallow cunt, uh, that I was a whore. Uh, what else? Um, Fake, plastic, shallow cunt, and the best part of me rolled down my whore mother's leg. Nice. Nice. That's that's good. And that's also from a movie. That's in Full Metal Jacket. Remember, people, I told you, these sociopaths, these narcissists, they just... They mimic and replay things they've seen in movies, uh lyrics and a song they're just they're delusional so yeah no I was never strung out on alcohol and Xanax that I could not get out of bed in the morning someone had to put food on the table someone was bringing in the income someone was taking care of the household and it certainly wasn't him because he was out there philandering around hooking up with whoever he could So, you know, there's got to be someone stable running the household. And yes, that was me. 
So we did take her son, we did get her son ready together. He did take him to school. He'd drop him off because it was on his way to his gym. And then I would go to my gym, you know, do my class, work out, you know, go to work. Uh, while he just stayed out and about, go to Starbucks, hang out at Starbucks, you know, go make some steroid drug deals, uh, you know, just out running amok. And uh, sometimes we would both go and pick up our son together from school, or sometimes I would. Uh, usually he would because he wasn't working or doing anything. So, you know... He he was not in a, a single father or going around acting like he was a single father. And later on also I found out that he would go around and tell these other women that we had an open marriage. So it was it was okay. You know, one of these women I confronted from the gym and she apologized. Uh she basically told me that he said it was okay that he told her we were in, open, in an open marriage. I said, no, I I didn't get the memo on that. I did not get the memo on that one. So yeah, no, I am not into open marriages. Uh, I'm not into open relationships. And um, yeah, so again, lies. But, uh, you know, it's it's part of the game. It's part of what they do. They're very toxic. They're such good manipulators. They like to perpetrate lies and keep it going. They just, they love the chaos. They love the chaos. It just, it just keeps them on high, you know. And this guy just, he just loved to throw it around. Like, do you know how many women want me? Do you know, you know, every woman I was with before you, she treated me like a God. They put me on a pedestal. Well, um, no, you're not God. Even though you, you think you are, you're not. And no, I'm not going to treat anyone like a God. I only have one God, my heavenly father. And it's not you because I think you probably have Satan attached to you, which one time he did change his, um, profile Facebook name to Lewis Cipher, which really means Lucifer. So that's how mental this guy is. Um, but yeah, I could not believe those words came out of his mouth when he said, every woman treated me like a God. I even looked at him and I said, did those words just seriously come out of your mouth right now? And he tried to take it back and it's just, he was just ridiculous. So ridiculous. I remember times where, you know, I just would want to lay in bed. Like most couples do, you lay in bed, you have your shows you watch, um, you lay in bed, you cuddle, you just have that intimate time. And intimacy didn't have to always be sexual. Intimacy is not always just a sexual encounter or sexual thing with each other. There's many forms of intimacy, now, he would get so upset and so irritated and annoyed that sometimes I just wanted to cuddle and lay in his arms and just have him hold me and just let me know that everything's okay and that I feel felt safe and like my heart was safe. I never felt at peace. And I just remember one time him getting so agitated 
And he just jumped out of bed and was like, look at me. I can't believe you just want to lay next to me and cuddle and watch a show. Do you know how many women want me? I was just at Starbucks the other day and I literally had to push this woman off me. She was so like trying to chat me up, he said. He said she was very aggressive and that she insisted he take her phone number. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was like, okay, well, go then. Go then. (laughs) Go call the Starbucks girl. I'm sure you already have been with her. It's just... It's just ridiculous, these things that he would do and say. And all the while, I'm sitting here just thinking, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? You know, I wasn't doing anything wrong. It's him. And again, people, you know, what you do, it's just never going to be enough. It will never be enough. One person is never going to be enough for these people. They're parasites. They need more supply and more and more and more. And nothing is ever going to satisfy them. So you're just spinning your wheels, wasting your time. And in the process, you're getting, you're losing yourself. You're losing your sense of self. You're losing everything about you. You're losing joy in life, in the world around you, the things you used to love to do, you just don't love to do them anymore. They just literally suck the life out of you. So, you know, all the while we're fighting this deportation case he's got going on. I'm paying for the uh, uh, immigration attorney to try to keep him here. And it just really, really started to turn so volatile. And I just, I felt so like out of control and so helpless. I didn't know what to do. The only thing I knew to do was to turn to God and just pray and pray. And I prayed hard for about a year. I prayed, Lord, what do I do? Lord, help me. Here I am breaking down, breaking down with just this anxiety and depression and hopelessness and just getting so beat down by this man and just feeling like it's all my fault and I'm the one going to counseling. I'm the one going to counseling. And there was a time where I got him to go to see this one counselor with me. And he didn't like what she had to say. She told him, look at what you're doing to this woman. Look at her. I have never seen her so upset, shaking. Uh, The anxiety was just unreal. And he got so mad and just left and walked out. I remember later on that evening, her calling me to check on me because she was so worried about me. And that was the first time an actual therapist told me, I am scared for you. This man is a psychopath. And it just, I was like, my my stomach sunk. My heart stopped. I felt like this can't be real. This can't be my life. This cannot be my life. And she's just, are you hearing me? He's not right. And I just, I didn't know what to do. I just ignored it. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, really? Like, is this for real? I'm really married to a psychopath? You know, you don't want to believe it. 
but she was worried about me and you know I, I eventually I stopped going to counseling for a while you know and just continued to stay and try to fight to save my family continued praying you know and eventually God does intervene that's for sure he did intervene and he did he absolutely did show me away and he brought someone to me that provided me with so much information that let me know I was doing the right thing which I will talk about in further episodes but you know this man was just very demeaning it was just so volatile and so unacceptable and I I went through a lot I put up with a lot for my son, for my son to have a father. But I know now he's so much better off because this, this man is, he would not, he would not have been a good father for Liam. It just would have been horrific. He would have really broke him the way that he broke me. Um, but you know, we'll get into more on my next episode. Um, about what was revealed to me, about some of uh, the incidences where the abuse was pretty, pretty bad, and some of the things that my son witnessed. Um, yeah, I just, I'll get into that next week. I just want to also say, you know, thank you ladies who have made a review on my podcast um, on Apple. I saw that. Um, and I want to let let one of these particular ladies know that I did re I read her review, and I'm very grateful for it. I know you said that it does sound like you know I'm still recovering from this whole situation. Um, you're right, I am. I am still recovering. I'm definitely a a long way out. I'm I'm in the healing process for sure definitely on the end. That's for sure. So I just wanted to say thank you for your words and, you know, sharing a little bit of what you went through as well and how it does affect everyone around you and that it is, you know, it does affect the whole family. So just thank you again for reaching out and uh, I will talk with you guys next week. Thank you for listening And you all have a great, great day.